Welcome everybody to another episode of the Channel Mastery Podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Bill Johannesson, who is the founder of Vision Works Consulting. I feel like I have this secret weapon that I'm about to deploy here on the podcast. Welcome, Bill. Very excited to be here, Kristen. So Bill and I have been scheming about this show for a long time, Channel Masters. A couple months, I think, right, Bill? At least. Absolutely. And you've just had this unparalleled assortment of guests on your podcast that I'm very proud to be included in that list of such fantastic insight, education, and resources for your listeners. Oh, well, let me just throw that right back at you because you have an incredible background and now you're actually doing some fantastic work in the outdoor specialty markets, which I'd love for us to start here today by having you give us kind of your founder's story for VisionWorks and how you help specialty markets today. Because ultimately what I feel like we're going to be accomplishing in this show is pulling together a lot of what we've talked about over the past three to four months specifically and driving that into an implementable strategic approach through our episode here for the Channel Mastery audience. So take it away and give us your background story. Perfect. Well, first thing is, is I've been a lifelong specialty retail consumer, (laughs) whether it's sporting goods or consumer electronics or fashion or anything. For my whole life, I've been a consumer. I still do the grocery shopping. When we were at Bose, we would go into these other, the Virgin stores on Michigan Avenue. So just an engaged person at at retail. I started off as a uh, hi-fi salesman. I dropped out of electrical engineering to sell hi-fi. We worked at a re- I worked at that retail store for well, it was seven years, all the way up from uh, salesman to system manager, store manager, merchandising manager, buying all the products from top to bottom. And uh, what years were what, what years are we talking about? Oh here? my goodness, nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty seven. Hi-fi, hi-fi, <laughs> speakers and turntables and uh, laser discs and that's awesome. Select division, and so I, I've been in consumer electronics ever since then. So I've gone through that whole evolution of technology and the whole evolution of the retail. We were the number two Bose retailer in the country, which will dovetail in. Went to work for a distributor to start a specialty distribution, sold Nintendo and cell phones and started a rep firm with that distributor. Then I got recruited to go to Bose Corporation. So I spent the 90s with Bose, which is very significant. Dr. Bose was focused on the customer experience back then. That is significant. So tell us about that because you and I have talked a lot about that. I know that really shaped your approach. Tell us about your experience working for him. Well, he was, uh, you know, he owned the company, so it was his deal. He made all the decisions. He was an innovator in regard to product, whether it was the 901s, Custom-Ass, Wave Radio. They started off, he, he took the speakers on his back and sold them personally to the retailers, did demos personally. We Worldwide, we were doing events with the military personnel to get those young guys all excited for their whole life relative to relative to Bose. And so that was the requirement that every customer had to have a demo. Every customer had to have a positive experience. Every customer needed to be leveraged into an advocate for the brand. So we had to have consistent messaging at retail. And so we built a whole organization to do that. So it was only direct to retailers. And we were deliberate about those retailers. It wasn't just anybody that showed up. They had to meet strict criteria as far as the inventory and presentation and demonstration, support of the promotions. We launched unilateral pricing policy. Bose spent tens of millions of dollars to ensure that that was a legal way to stabilize pricing so that we could sell direct to the consumers in our own stores, 
get that engagement directly with the consumer to understand that we could take and push back out to the retailers with scripts and pop-up stores and events within the retailers to provide that consistent customer experience to know that we were building the brand. And this was in the 90s. This was newspaper inserts. (laughs) There wasn't wasn't an internet. There wasn't social media. And we were executing in Dayton Hudson's. We were executing in Best Buy. We were executing in Circuit City. We were executing in Sears. Sam's Club was unparalleled execution that is so applicable today. And we had an organization systems and processes and measurements built around that that is readily applicable today. So I have a quick question on that. So were there sales reps or were they inside or were they contract? What did it look like in terms of how you guys had the mothership feeding these channels for this consistent experience? We had 140 people and it was all direct. We, we did not have rep firms. At the initial with a 0.2 brand, we had rep firms, but it turned into direct sales. We had direct people that would go into the stores, that would service the stores, that would execute customer events, product presentations, weekend sales in the stores. Okay. So we, we owned the people, we controlled the people, we directed the people. Okay. That's great. And then tell us this, Bill, what were you hired to do? I was hired as North Central Regional Sales Manager away from a startup gig that I was doing in uh, New York City to, you know, manage, live in either Chicago or Detroit. I still live in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) And I brought Sears on board and I brought Montgomery on board on board and I managed uh, Highland. I managed Fretter, managed Best Buy, Apt here in Chicago, United Audio, Tweeters, et cetera. And then I just got more responsibility, more responsibility, more responsibility. And I ended up being sales manager in North America. So all wholesale responsibility, U.S. and Canada, worldwide, military, premium and incentive, telemarketing, the whole thing. Right. So tell us this, if you were in that role today and you know what's going on so well in, in the market, and we're going to get into all of that here in a moment, but I mean... Would this model be able to work today? Absolutely. Okay, so that's where we're going to start, right there, people. Because what Bill has brought to brands like Osprey and Giro, and there are others, but those are two recent wins, I think are really going to raise some eyebrows out there in the audience. So before we get into that in terms of specifics, and we have like, we've definitely rehearsed this and we have a really good outline to go from to make sure you get as much value as possible from Bill today. I want to make sure we get Bill's take on the biggest threats to specialty brands and retailers. And And how long have you been doing this again? 11 years. Okay. And that's as an independent, you have obviously much more decades, more experience in especially beyond that. But for 11 years, you've actually been going in and embedding yourself at companies and working side by side with these brands to help them even through the really bad trows they're able to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel because you're in it with them. You aren't just dropping off a binder. The good, the bad, and the ugly in the trench, hand-to-hand combat. And most of it's been consumer electronics. Mm -hmm. And that has just all collapsed into your, your iPhones and your smartphones and your Alexa speakers and all that stuff. And that passion that we had at Bose is, is prevalent in the outdoor industry. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the transition. I answer my phone. <laughs> I love working with manufacturers that have that passion to move forward, and that's that's what I'm seeking to help and support. I'm I'm not a subscription service. I'm not highly scalable. 
I'm trying to be more of a, someone that they can go to for the guidance without authentic guidance. With, right. You're in it for the long game is what I think. The long game. Yeah. There's nothing more satisfying than having a brand, a leader of a brand, you know, call up and go, oh my God, my revenue's <laughs> up, my profit's up. It worked. <laughs> Everybody's more excited. My retail relationships are, are better. Oh, there's more adoption and understanding of my brand out there with the customer expertise, and I can see a way forward. That's awesome. Uh, that's it for me right there, I got to tell you. Well, and I have to say, since um, I encountered Bill, so that was probably around like November of 2018, somebody introduced us. He has been just so engaged and relentless on you guys, the audience of Channel Mastery and the people who have served you that I've had on the podcast. Um, I'm really, really honored that you've taken such an interest and I see how it all fits together. And I have, I don't think I've ever had a guest that pulls all the pieces together. Like, 